Hello, I'm Joan. I'm a Canadian family physician who also works as a restorative medical educator, facilitator, and coach. I create spaces that rehumanize the work of healthcare. I'm creating this podcast to remind myself, as well as anyone else working in a helping profession, that when you are working and caring for your human patients, you are the other human in the room. Hello there, healthcare humans. Thank you so much for coming back for another episode of The Other Human in the Room. Okay, so today I want to talk about learning to care less. I'm. It's titled a little bit provocatively because, um, I don't know, if you listen to this podcast more than once, the spoiler is you end up caring just the same amount, if not more. Okay, it's just to say that up front. And the reason I've chosen this title is because... Um, I've recently had multiple conversations with folks um, about their perception that in order to set boundaries, in order to work less, um, you know, last week's episode talked about working under your capacity. So in order to be ruthless in your determination to honor your own capacity, one thing you have to do is care less about your patients, care less about work. Um, And then the flip side is I have some folks that I've interacted with who say the way that I've done it and I've gotten ruthless is by caring less. And some of them, they're describing almost like what I'm about to describe to you. And some of them, like colleagues I have and stuff, um, this is just my perception And it's based on, I will say my lived experience for times in the past where I said I cared less and that I was like, I'm going to care less. And that's how I'm going to start setting these boundaries. Um, I wonder if there's something else going on underneath. Uh, Right. And so just, and in any case, whether there's something going underneath or not, like the notion of caring less as the solution to um, actually prioritizing your own needs and recognizing your own humanity in healthcare is a common, um, a common th- solution that people come up with as either the reason that they can't do it. Cause like, I can't care less. That's bad. That's evil. Or it's almost like the, you, those that have found their way to a, say a schedule that actually feels more balanced or, um, they've set boundaries around the kind they work, they choose, they've start they've quit things. They said no to things. And it's almost like now that they've done that, they have to shame and judge and criticize themselves. Like the only way I could do it is like caring less. Like I just, I just care less. And that's how we do it. There's this attitude that almost feels self-judgmental. And so I just want to like lift up the notion of caring less and mostly just pull apart what we even mean when we all say that, you know? So I've been thinking and reflecting on this topic for a while because I keep hearing the phrase come up. Like you have to just care less. Uh, another version of it's like, you just got to let it go. Two things that are not easy to do and part in part, because it's what do we even mean by it? Right. So I have thought, and to my perception, I see there's sort of two phenomena that we may call caring less and they can get conflated with each other, but they're very distinct. So one version of caring less that I see a lot and have had experiences of myself is experiences of burnout where you are so beyond your limits. You are so overwhelmed 
Um, and when I say overwhelmed, what I mean is overwhelmed by the amount that you care, the amount of emotion and wounding you have experienced and felt and participated in. And there's so much caring that now you're at your, your nervous system is dissociating, burning out. And so now you just like, don't give a crap. And I see this as like, you know, often then it comes through a sort of cynicism and, um, I'm not even saying that that is good or bad. I still think that is our bodies and our nervous systems really protecting us when we go into those states as well. Like when we get all this burnt out, detached, it's all our bodies truly trying to protect us and take care of us. It's not morally better or worse, but I want to name that this is not the kind of caring less that I am going to encourage you to do. I kind of want almost just to let you know, there's another way to care less that, um, achieves the same goal, but in my experience feels a lot better because the trouble with that kind of caring less where you just turn off your emotions and you overwork till you retire or you, you, you know, um, numb out on and, and just like try and not feel any feelings like that kind of thing. It, those are all very understandable self-soothing coping mechanisms when, when like you just feel like otherwise you'd be flooded with all the feelings of the world. Um, and the objective of your body of why your body goes into that state is to protect you and to take care of your needs, right? And so it, that's one way that the body does that. And I have, and want to share with you what I've experienced, which is an intentional way to still center what you need. And I'm just going to use the word detach from caring in a way that ends up not serving your own needs. And part of it is about like parsing out what the heck we even mean by caring, right? So, and so say you're like, I feel like I care less and I'm not quite sure. Um, part of it is, do you notice that you are capable of having in enjoyable emotions and enjoyable experiences somewhere in your life, including in the work in which you care less? If you're like, the only way I can care less is if I feel nothing, I would get curious and I don't know the answer for you, but it'd be useful for you to kind of tune in with yourself or tune in with a therapist or a coach or a friend, you know, and say, I'm wondering if I'm saying I don't care and underneath, I really mean that I care too much and it hurts too much. And so I've just turned it all off. Yeah. One hint that I found to be pretty consistent is if you notice you're a person who is constantly talking about how little you care about things and maybe even like kind of arguing why people shouldn't care about it or justifying why it's impossible to care about it. And I'm still very much in this camp, like things that I rant about and I'm like, this is terrible. It's because I still am in a, on my journey to caring less, less in a feeling good way. <laughs> I'm saying I don't care and underneath I do care a lot and I'm just trying to argue, argue myself out of the bad feelings I'm having, you know, same with like, I'm fine. It's fine. It's not a big deal. All those sorts of turns of phrase. If you're noticing those are peppered around the thing that you say you don't care about sort of like, I mean, the, the stereotype that we see in like movies and books and stuff is like the acts are like, oh, I don't care about them. I don't care about them. They're like trash to me, but you can't stop talking about them that's probably a hint that at least some part of you still deeply, deeply cares about the whole situation. Yeah. So I'm not going to encourage you or teach you or coach you to go into that. I think that's a sort of natural default of what happens if we have a definition of caring that's too large and doesn't include us. 
And so what I'm going to describe instead is how to care less, not by shrinking your capacity for emotion to nothing, which is impossible, but we can really numb out pretty hard on it, but instead moving the spotlight from everyone else to ourselves. That is the kind of caring less I want to lift up and celebrate. Because really like, you know, when we talk about like, oh, I need to care, care less, like that's the first thing we think that when we're caring about everyone else, that we actually are caring about everyone else. Like we are the reason that we're doing what we're doing is for them and for those people. Like, what is it exactly we're caring too much about? It's like, well, I care too much about what they think of me. I care too much about their emotions. Um, that's like, if you have that level of self-awareness, some other folks are like, no, I just care too much about my patients. Like it's sort of a purely altruistic, like no one can do it better than me. You know, I'm only a caring clinician if I'm constantly doing things for other people, right? We think that's about those other people, but if you've heard more than one of my podcasts, you'll know, like our brains are only interested in ourselves. So really, what are we caring too much about when we think we're caring too much about what other people think of us? We're caring too much about what are our patients. We're caring too much about our colleagues. We're caring too much about work. What are we actually caring about? So one way to help kind of reframe what we mean by caring, which we have absolutely picked up from many, many corners of society is really the idea that a lot of what we call caring internally, but also when we're like, see, that's an example of caring. That's an example of someone who really cares. Um, often there are really what we mean instead of caring is codependence. Have you heard about codependence? Um, and probably have talked about it at least once on this podcast before, but I wanted to sort of reiterate the definition. I think it's important. So one definition of codependence is um, a relationship in which a person manifesting low self-esteem and a strong desire for approval has an unhealthy attachment to another person and places the needs of that other person before their own. Um, the term codependence, I'm pretty sure it did originate from, oh, I'm sorry, I don't remember the, the name of the person right now, but work of one person in particular, as well as I'm sure a group of people at this point, um, but uh, it came out of the addictions community. And I believe the, like specifically alcoholism, like AA communities and um, those, it was, I believe like a female partner of a male person with alcohol addiction. And what the female person noticed was this thing that she called codependence. I'm going to pause and look her up because it feels wrong that I'm not citing her. So just one minute. Okay. No time has passed because I literally paused the recording. Melody Beattie is her name. I first heard um, of her specifically from We Can Do Hard Things, the Glennon Doyle podcast. Um, and she has a book, Codependent No More. Certainly the term codependence has spread out far beyond her specifically, but um, I heard some concepts from her that I found to be helpful that I want to share with you. And really just this whole idea, right? That a lot of times what keeps someone in relationship with a person who is um, using drugs or using alcohol has a lot to do with this codependent thing where they become this sort of caretaker, caregiver person. And the thing to name about it is it's it's about 
the person who is codependent. It is about the non-addict in this sort of frame. The addict, and I'm using that label only in just to clarify, I don't really generally like using the label, but like the addict versus the codependent and they're in a relationship together, right? So I'm positing that many of us in healthcare are kind of like that codependent partner, right? Um, And we think that we need to stay in this caretaking role, this caring role. And it's useful to ask ourselves why. We think it's about the needs of the other person and that they would not be okay without us. But it's really all about us. Because like I said, our brains are only interested in things that impact us. And so another definition of codependence that I think almost like hints and names names it a bit more succinctly is that codependence is the dependence on the needs of another person that we, I will just, or I, you check with yourself, I can become dependent, addicted, if you will, on the needs of other people, get a high off of helping or at least attempting to help other people. And so the thing that is useful to know about that is we are doing it still out of a sense of benefit to us. Any action that we do on this planet with this body is self-serving, period. So we have this whole class of actions that we call altruistic, that we call caregiving, we call selfless. And actually judge them as morally superior to actions that are selfish, self-centered, when all actions are only self-centered. So those that are viewed as selfless, um, caretaking, caregiving, giver roles, service roles, like all those sorts of terms, caring the most, caring, amazing, altruistic, martyr, like (laughs) martyrs the extreme, right? But like all those terms. And anyone who's sort of identifying with those, it's because of a way that those terms still benefit them. It is still self-centered. It is still benefiting you in some way. Even if the only way it's benefiting you is um, a sense of moral goodness, more often beyond a sense of moral goodness just within ourselves, we have learned over time that it has it is a condition of our ability to connect and belong and stay with other people is that we have to play that role otherwise we don't have any like internal sense of worth that's why you know the original definition talking about like low self-esteem self-esteem is sort of funny language to me when i think about people who have low self-esteem really what's happened is over time and think back for yourself like what messages were you delivered in childhood, in school, in your healthcare training, and in, in your job on healthcare now? Are you delivering messages that you are good and worth celebrating and wonderful when you are centering your own needs? Or are you delivered messages that you are good and worthwhile and valuable and acceptable when you are doing the most for other people? Who do we celebrate? Who the, the notion of like hard worker cares so much is, has a huge heart for their patients. Like there's ways that those terms can be like accurate and include a lot of boundaries. But I think a lot of us 
it, it there those kind of ideas are weaponized against us and certainly internally our brains can kind of mishear those in a way where we are constantly beating the crap out of ourselves if we are not trying to care the most and so like i said like no matter what the thing that your brain and body will always only care about is yourself we actually can't care. Your body cannot care less about you. Let's put it that way. Your care, your body cares the most about you all the time. Your body's only job is to keep you alive and thriving. Um, and so when we say, I want to care less about what people think, I want to care less so that I can set boundaries. Really, it's about how can I care for myself more? How can I recognize that when I'm when I'm compulsively over caring for others? It's trying to fill a need in myself that's being not successful, therefore burning out. So how can I just look at what that need is in myself first and center that? And then out of that resourced, secure, fully cared for state, I, like me, you being fully cared for, out of that, you may be surprised how much more rich, richly you are able to care for others in especially an unattached, um, unattached way, unattached as in no strings attached. Cause have you noticed, have you ever been cared for by someone that now when you think about it, you're like, maybe there's some codependence there because they perform care towards you so much, whether you want it or not, <laughs> is everyone thinking of a parental figure or someone in their family? Maybe not, but some of you, maybe. And the ways in which they care for you, you're like, okay, I that doesn't feel like caring to me, but it's like compulsive. Again, it's just making it clearer. Ah, they are a caring person because of how it's serving them. When you're in that kind of compulsive caring state, it's just really not about the other person. Sometimes the other person does get like a sweet little benefit, but often sometimes it doesn't feel so good. And you think about that with patients too, right? Like some of the ways we've been told that we need, need that this equals caring for your patients is I have to counsel them in detail about every single thing. And sometimes that's a good match for some patients. And sometimes that is um, a really bad match for other patients who then get really anxious about all the side effects or whatever. Right. And so, but we think, no, the only way I can be seen and I've been trained to be a caring provider is if I counsel on all the side effects in detail every time, just as like a random example, or what's even a, I'm trying to think of like, what example resonates even more with myself than that one? Like, well, um, a caring physician rarely takes vacation, definitely apologizes for it when they do, um, and feels guilty the entire time, <laughs> right? Um, a caring physician or clinician of any kind, of course, would never consider reducing their hours, especially not in this environment when we have an under-resourced system. Wow, you must really not care. You've learned how to turn off your caring, right? And so just like in that, like when you're thinking about breaking one of these caring rules, yeah, it's just useful to think of the opposite. So like in that case, like um, it's true that when you cut back, it may appear to some people like you care less for sure. And to those that you are able to see, Notice if you then have a larger or smaller well of care to offer to them, right? That's, I mean, that's the main thing, right? Like each of us are, are genuinely 
only responsible for and to ourselves. That can be interpreted in a very like hyper independent, quote unquote, selfish way. And sometimes that's what does end up happening, right? So I talked about codependence. So most people think that means that instead they must switch to independence and, and especially sort of the like hyper independence that like, you know, Western culture, certainly it's like, I can make it on my own. I can pull it up by my own bootstraps. Screw you all. I'm a fully autonomous human being and we're all fully autonomous, but I would argue that it's pretty clear that none of us could actually do this living thing alone. We are not that resourceful. Like we would all die in the woods. You know what I mean? We all depend on millions of other people in some way or another throughout our lives. Um, and so it's not about becoming so independent that you don't need nothing from nobody, but there's this third category of interdependent interdependent says I'm an autonomous human. I am responsible, um, for my own needs. I am responsible, including for stating and seeking out support for my needs. That's my job. It's no one else's job to anticipate my needs or, um, pre-think and ensure, ensure my needs are always met. That's no one else's job. It is only mine. Um, and same to you. So I don't have to anticipate and try and pre address all of your needs and all your feelings and all your thoughts. And you don't have to do the same to me. That's codependence. Interdependence says, Hey, do you have any needs? I'm feeling resourced. Can I help you with anything today? Or, Hey, I am really, I am feeling really under-resourced whether it's energy, emotion, money, food, like whatever it is, but it's like, Hey, I actually have some needs. Are you in a spot where you'd be able to support me? And if they say no, okay, I'm sad about that. And let's go find someone else. Right. It's there. No one has these sense of obligations, these strings attached that often we've been socialized to think have to be there. Tell me if that resonates, not directly. This is a podcast, but does that resonate to you? The fact that a lot of how we've been talk, taught about caring is really codependence. And what comes to your mind if you think of a world in which we are actually interdependent, where each of us is focused on ourselves, focused on our own needs, and, and really then feels empowered to ask for and seek out and get what they need to be resourced. And then out of the a resource state then offers the same support to others. That's interdependence. Um, it is, you know, in terms of like um, energy sources, like there's like fossil fuels and like dirty fuel. And then there's like green renewable sources of energy. The reason we all burn out trying to be codependent is because it's friggin' impossible. You cannot anticipate everyone's needs. And everyone's just like, therefore, like dependent on each other's resource or an unresourced state. It's exhausting. You may have like, I know I still have a lot of codependent socialization in, in me. And I can tell days where my husband's um, mood, and especially if he is exhibiting moods that shows that he's less resourced. So he's more grumpy, he's more irritable. If that immediately sends me into a tailspin of like, that means my day is shot. That's my codependent work yet to uncover. And I think for the rest of our lives, just because we're so deeply codependent, but I am now noticing like, oh, notice, I think that my weather system depends on him, you know, because what can happen instead is I can be like, wow, his weather system, if you will, his resource state 
his battery life is low over there. I'm not still going to be like, okay, honey, whatever you need. Like if he's saying mean things to me, I'll be like, I don't like that. Like I'll still set boundaries around it, but the fact of his mood or his resource state, I don't have to panic that that means I can't get what I need. You know, does that sound familiar? I would imagine it does. I think I see it all the time. So I'm, it, it, if it's not, if you feel very interdependent, I'm sure folks around you at work or at home absolutely are in these patterns because all of us are, who knows? There's someone out there who isn't, but most of us are. Um, okay. So the other thing I will say, which sort of just flows from what I just said is like, I mean, the reason that we're not doing this yet. So say you're like, okay, well, what would it look like if I really became more interdependent and really focused on my own needs and resourcing myself? And I think it's really fun to imagine this in like relationship to like really practical circumstances. So like, how would that change a patient encounter? And especially say a patient encounter where you really feel like heart seeing patient, you feel really drained by them. All of those sorts of things mean there's there's likely a lot of codependence happening, right? Because we we actually can't be drained by other people, but we certainly can be drained by thoughts and pressure that we must meet the needs of someone else. That's where we think that it's like people can feel like black holes. It's because of codependence. Because if we were interdependent and someone was really, really low resource state, that doesn't have to have an impact on our resource state. We can still feel like pretty okay and be like, wow, this is so sad. This person's really struggling maybe. And even if like, you need to help me, you need to help me help, 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 which doesn't that make sense if someone's in a really low resource state that they'd be like quite urgent about their requests for help. We don't feel that sense of obligation. We instead still check our resource state and say, listen, these are the things I can help you with today. So that's like, that's what I would picture. And honestly, that's what I more increasingly experience with patients now that I've done this and continue to do and practice this work of centering my own needs and resourcing myself and then noticing that I therefore have genuine green sustainable energy capacity to offer support to others so um that's how to I just want to say like that's what it's useful to have um clear examples of what this would look like so I just gave you the example of a patient encounter another example that I love because it's so concrete is like look at your schedule, look at your calendar, because it kind of doesn't lie, right? And your real calendar, not just what you put on the calendar, but really how you spend your time and matching that or mismatching that to the amount of energy and capacity you have. So last week's episode about, do you work under your capacity? And if no, not, why not? And I bet for a lot of you, it's this stuff right here. Because if you think about pairing back how much you work to actually honor what your body needs, all the stuff that makes that feel really dangerous and wrong is codependent thinking, codependent socialization. It's because we are deeply socialized to think that people who are interdependent, they don't, we don't think of them that way. We think of them as heartless, selfish, self-centered, not a team player. You know, they must care less. That's where this term I think comes from. It's a misnomer. Like I've just said, caring less, I'm putting that in quotations, which you can't see unless you're watching video, is caring more for you. And you will have a higher capacity to care globally once you are at your own center. I guarantee that because you're a human being, period. Like grounding yourself in your safety, security, worthiness, and noticing the care that flows from there. 
I, I, I want you to experience that because it feels so much better. There will be people who still view you from the outside of like, wow, you've gotten cynical. Wow. You're caring less. And it's because they have been socialized to think we are supposed to shun or shame people who aren't deeply codependent. And you have to ask who do these stories serve? People who have resources um, and they don't want to share them. People who, who want to, and systems, I will say versus people like systems that think inaccurately that if you are socialized and brainwashed to believe that draining yourself dry um, is morally better, they don't have to actually give you real incentive to do more work, like paying you more or improving your work conditions or just like paying more of you to be there, right? You can, we can just exploit that sense of duty and obligation and then you'll be doing the most for nothing, for free, right? So these stories don't come from kind places. Let's put it that way, right? So yeah, I think, I mean, those that, that's like the core of what I wanted to say. So to summarize, it's not actually caring less. It's shifting the direction of care to not just include you in your needs, but center you in your needs. And if for a while, that means it has to come all the way down to only you and your needs, just so that you figure out what the heck those are, don't panic. As you get, as your body becomes comfortable and it's like a process, it will feel uncomfortable at first. It will feel dangerous at first because of all that socialization we just talked about. But as it becomes more comfortable, you'll notice then you are able to access a deeper well of caring that means that it, you can say yes to what you want to say yes to with patients that you you do still do have things to offer and share with others and it will not feel like a drain that's what's like so beautiful about it it still takes energy but it doesn't have this huge draining urgent pressure quality instead it feels light and it feels free it feels like you are offering with an open palm and they get to decide yes or no. And there are no strings attached on either side. They can ask you as many questions as they need to and, and expect as many things as they think they can expect, but you still look at your own bucket and let them know if there's anything in there that you can say yes to from what they've asked and you've centered yourself. So it just, it means like that, first of all, you get to stay in healthcare long-term and you get to enjoy the care that you do offer, whether or not the patients are interested in it, which is a very interesting thing, you know? Okay, so how do we actually start doing this? Like practically speaking, hopefully I've kind of talked around the idea enough that you're recognizing, right, okay, so a lot of when I'm saying I need to care less, what I really mean is I need to like codependent less. <laughs> I see that, I see that. So how do we start doing it? So one is really imagining what, Imagine what your life would look like from an interdependent standpoint. If it, if that feels too extreme, maybe even just an independent standpoint, if that feels too extreme, what's one thing that you like know is draining you the most that you know, you're like, I can even see, I'm aware every time I try and make everyone around me happy in this domain or with this action I take, it blows up in my face. And we just consider, so what would be a version that honors your needs instead of trying to address everyone else's needs? What's like one area of your life 
what would that literally look like? Like what actions would you take in order to make that happen? What committees would you quit? What hours would you stop working? What family members would you stop seeing or whatever it is, right? And I can't say maybe what family members you do start seeing, like who can say, right? Where we start, start, start quote unquote, caring less. Then once you're imagining what it would look like, notice all of the deeply socialized fears that will pop up of like, I can't do that. People will think I'm selfish. I can't do that. I'll get in trouble. That's like been a common thought I hear in my head. And I now recognize it's an indicator I'm probably moving in the right direction and deconditioning some socialized guilt is like, I might get in trouble for this. But when I sit with myself and I'm like, no, this would actually honor my needs better. My body feels better when I work this way, when I do this thing, when I say yes to this person or no to that committee, even if it means I get in trouble, it will be worth it because I'll have honored my own body on the way, right? But we have to acknowledge that the fears are there and really kind of make a plan of how we're going to support ourselves with those fears. Is it having a coach or a friend or like an accountability buddy or a therapist or like someone that you love to be like, I'm going to work two less hours or whatever. I'm going to shift this one thing and I can tell I'm going to be really anxious about it because of my socialization that their lives are my responsibility in a way that doesn't make sense. And then you perform these tiny little experiments in caring less with the support of others and you notice you don't die. Like that's the most powerful thing. You can think thoughts in your head all you want, but the real rubber will meet the road when you start taking action with support and in small digestible amounts. So say you listen to last week's episode about like working under your capacity and you're like, uh-oh, I'm working at 200% capacity. A lot of us that are kind of perfectionistic things are like, well, I immediately have to quit everything. Could do that. But also what if you just started with one small thing? I'm going to quit mowing my late neighbor's lawn when they could pay someone. Like, I don't know what it is, right? But there's something where you're like, I know it's absurd. And I know I, I can, I want to stop doing it. I hate doing it. It's my least favorite thing I do, but I have to, because otherwise I'm disappointing people. I'm letting them down. I'll be seen as less caring. That's a codependent pattern. So do you just do it less? You're like, okay, I'll do it every other week. Oh, I'll do it. Whatever it is. But like, what's, an attainable small amount that you can do that still feels like a burn. Breathe through it. Ask for support around you. If you need to DM me on Instagram, I'll cheer you on. Like, how can you do it? And then when your brain and body notice you don't die. And even if someone's grumpy, their grumpiness can be observed from a distance because really you're here to take care of yourself. You start to do it in small increments and then if you're like me, then you start doing bigger increments because you realize like, wow, I am actually in charge of my life. Wow. I have the power to create a life that actually serves me. And in doing so, it leaves me in a space connected to my most authentic self. And that that is of service to others too. It's when I am of service to myself, I am more powerfully of service to others, actually. It is the opposite of what most of us have been taught in certain religions and certain medical cultures, right? So that's my invitation to you. What's one thing that you're like, e, I can see I need to quote unquote, care less about it, aka witness that I'm in a codependent relationship with it. And how do I start breaking up with it <laughs> slowly over time? How do I find an interdependent way to relate to that instead where 
they're in charge of themselves. I'm in charge of myself. We offer the resources that we have available to us, period. Something to think about. All right. Well, thanks so much for listening yet again. I am so grateful to all of you and hello to new listeners. I know there have been a few folks that have found me recently. I have deep gratitude to anyone who spends time listening and um, I'm cheering for all of you. All right. I'll talk to you next week. I would love to take this work deeper with you. Visit joanchanmd.com today and discover my growing menu of options for restorative medical education to suit your learning needs. I offer one-on-one coaching, customized workshops, and self-study courses that allow you to connect not only with my work on a deeper level, but also with other healthcare humans just like you. So if you want to start humanizing your work and healthcare to a deeper level and do it in community with others, please visit joanchanmd.com and find those options and what fits you and your life today.